Hello, everyone. Welcome to Align with Your Dharma. I appreciate you all so much for listening in and uh, giving feedback for um, the podcast I have posted so far. And today I am super excited, just like other days. Um, but today I'm extra excited because um, this individual who we are going to talk with today, she is a word magician. She's a story supercharger. She's a copywriter and ghostwriter for rebels, misfits, and world-changing humans, she says. And she is best known for being not known at all. Oh my God, so much mystery. <laughs> um, and she is a multiple New York Times best-selling ghostwriter and former highly sought after luxury event planner. Oh my goodness, yes. So we are gonna meet with Crystal and uh, she, she is um, an intuitive, creative, digital nomad, uh, free to explore the globe. And she explores the globe with her husband, dog, and of course her laptop. So welcome, Crystal. Thank you so much for joining. And uh, I'm so excited. Oh, Yay. me too. This is going to be super fun. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. So you have been a ghostwriter. So how is your journey until now? Tell me, tell me, tell me. Oh my gosh. I think everybody has a story, right? So like, my story actually started, I was 14 the first time I was ever contacted and asked if I would write a book. Um, I said yes. The first book came out just before I turned 16. So I was 15 when my first book uh, was published. It was obviously ghostwritten. So it's a book that's published, but under somebody else's name. And back then I was foolish. I was a kid. I'd never done it before. So I lost a lot of money. I did not have a good contract. I had a verbal contract, not a written one. And that was the start of something spectacular for me because that's when I really learned that words matter and written words especially matter. Mm. So my first book, it was a bestseller and I never saw a penny from the sale of that book. So that was kind of where I started. So I started as uh, I jokingly referred to it as the penniless writer for a while. And then I left writing because I grew up in a time and in an era where we were told, you know, writers don't make a lot of money. Like, you know, there were a lot of people joking that I was, you know, if I decided to become a writer, I was going to be like Ernest Hemingway and be in bars drunk all the time and, you know, not making, not making money. When in reality, that wasn't true, but I didn't know that. So I fell into events. I fell into luxury global events. And I was blessed to travel the world celebrating love across the globe. I primarily did weddings. And it got like, that was literally how I traveled the globe for most of my 20s and 30s. So I've been to many, many countries, celebrated many, many events. And when COVID hit, um, I had been wanting out for about a decade, but I was still so sought after it was hard to leave. And when mm. COVID hit, I took it as my opportunity to say goodbye. And so I left. I just, I mm. had one client that I was still doing a project with. I literally called the client and said, um, you're amazing. This is an amazing opportunity, 
but it's not for me anymore and I need to leave. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were so gracious. They were so kind about it. And uh, I think for them, like it was a good move too. Like it was COVID. They didn't need to be paying me. We weren't doing a lot. So it was a good move for them. It was a good move for me. And uh, I didn't really know what the land of writing looked like for me. Mm. I'd always been doing it behind the scenes. I'd written books while I was uh, while I was working on events. Mm. I'd written websites. I tested my theories around marketing and events and you know copy yeah. for years. That was how I practiced. Was literally my clients' events and my own events. That was mm. how I perfected the craft. And when I left, I was like, I'm going to be a writer. And I remember my husband going. I'm sorry, you make six figures right now as an event planner. Like, what do you mean you're going to be a writer? Because he was freaked out. And I was like, don't worry, I got this. I'm going to go be a writer. Best decision ever. My intuition told me send seven emails. I sent seven emails. Of the seven emails I sent, six hired me right away. And Whoa. Said, 100%. Um, and within three months, I was making more money than I did in events. So, wow. Yeah. And here we are, what, two years, three years later, and uh, things are gangbusters. I have a wait list of clients. I teach online programs. I created and perfected a system for writing copy that makes it easy and fun. And it blends science with spirituality, which is very unique in my industry. Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm loving it. I, I love it. It's certainly given me the ability to live a life that I really, really love. So when you said um, you were writing for your clients when you were doing the <clears throat> events, yes. Um, do you mean by like writing emails? Oh or yeah, creating websites. Okay, yeah, all of it. So okay. I, I'm not a graphic designer. <laughs> Full stop. Not graphic design. I can design beautiful things. I know what they should look like, but I am not the person that can. But like, you are creative in your words. Yeah, my words are creative. The actual pictures and how it flows. That's somebody else's project. So I worked with incredible website designers to say, look, this is the copy that I want people to have. Can you take my copy and make it into a beautiful website? And they always did. We did email funnels. We did thank you pages. We did lead gen. um, We did stationary for my clients' events, signage for their events. We really worked through that client process. So one of the things that I'm truly gifted at after doing so many events is being able to see your copy from the perspective of your client. Got it. So a lot of us write our copy for ourselves. There's yeah. your first mistake. You're you're not buying your stuff. It doesn't matter yeah. if you love it, right? Yeah. Your yeah. client has to love it. They have to like fall in love with you. And so one of the principles that I really teach people is truly how to understand their client, mm-hmm. but then how to write every piece of copy you send to them as a love letter. So I mean, literally every DM you send mm-hmm. them, every email you send them, every invitation you send them, it should be, it should feel like a love letter. It should feel like Mm. you're courting them because you are right. Mm. At the end of the day, we all want to be courted. So that's what we're trying to instill and support. And that's a, that's a complete shift away from where copy used to be, where copy was very heavily, like you have a trigger, push, 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 push on the problem, push on the problem, and then give a solution. Instead of pushing on the problem, they already know their problem. Got it. They've been triggered all the heck. They know what their problem is. Let's skip, not skip, like you still acknowledge it, but you don't have to push on it, right? We don't have to make it. Don't, don't, yeah, dig the wound. 
Yeah, we don't need to dig the wound. I don't need to pour salt in it. None of that stuff. I can literally acknowledge the wound exists and then I can inspire you and show you how we can fix it. I can be the solution and not just the solution. I can like have actual facts and numbers and clients that can back up what it is, what it is, the result that you create. And that is what people actually want. We buy results. We don't buy products. We buy results. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. Okay. So I have all these questions. (laughs) Let's connect the science. Yeah. Let's connect the science with your spirituality. But before we go there, I want to ask you, um, what is the one best business advice that you have received so far? Trust myself beyond others. Wow. Yeah. So there's a lot of us that are in the arena doing the work. And Mm. there's a lot of people willing to chip in their their 10 cents. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes they're requested, sometimes not. But oftentimes they find the people that are dishing out the most advice Mm. don't have anything to back in that advice up. They're Mm. not the arena, right? Brene Brown talks a lot about don't take advice and don't listen to those who aren't in the arena. And I think that there's far too many of us that are taking advice from people that aren't in our arena. Mm. You know, we're looking to other arenas and going like, well, I guess that could kind of apply to me. How Mm. so? Have you tried it? Do do you know that Mm. that works? I have always, and I, sorry, I should back that up. I haven't always trusted myself. Mm -hmm. I have in the past followed what other people told me to do, followed the prescription, right? Mm -hmm. You do X, you get Y. You do X, Mm -hmm. you get Y. And when I stopped following what X said to do and I just went to Z, Mm. like I literally got exponential results. When I stopped listening to what everybody else told me I should do and I finally just said, Crystal, what the hell do you want to do? Mm. What is the thing that you really want to do that mm. you like believe in your heart of hearts and soul of souls is the right thing to do? Go do that. Oh my mm. goodness. Stop listening to people that are telling you that writers don't make money. If you want to be a writer, go be a freaking writer. <laughs> and as soon as I did that, mm-hmm. I'm now making three times what I did in events. The stress level that I had from events gone. Mm-hmm. I don't work weekends. I don't work nights. I, my phone is, has been on silent for three years. It's the most glorious thing in the world. It's sitting here. It's on silent. I have no idea if anybody calls me. Why? Because a couple of times a day I pick it up and go, eh, did anybody call today? No, because I know in my heart of hearts, I don't love the phone. It's not my favorite tool. Mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. rather you send me an email. I'm a words girl. Send me an email. Tell me <laughs> your story. Okay. I will respond quickly. If you write me. If you phone me, chances are I might not phone you back for a couple days because it's not my preferred. And I get to choose now. And I didn't get to choose before, but my intuition led me to being able to choose yes. what I wanted and what I what I was willing to do. And as I've done it, as I followed my intuition, if I if I get an instinct that I need to do something or say something or or create something that day, I just follow it. Mm-hmm. And I never know where it's gonna go. Mm-hmm. Ever. Mm-hmm. Right. Like. I wish I could tell you there's a blueprint. There is no blueprint. Sometimes it's just go for it. And the more I try and listen to other people, like sometimes I get, I fall off the wagon. Sometimes I'm like, oh, this person has a really great program. I want to take it. I want to hear what they have to say. Nine times out of 10, I get in their program and I'm like, this is baloney. This is baloney. I'll give you a great example. 
I belong to a group and I love them. It's a mastermind group. It's fantastic. It's with another writer that I, that I love. Her and I are actually friends even. Mm-hmm. And I'm in her group and she's teaching a class and the class sounded amazing. I was like, okay, totally. And I don't know if I have anything to learn here, or what it's going to be about, but I'm going to go support my friend, listen to what she has to say. Have an open mind. Mm-hmm. Have an open mind. Mm-hmm. There was nothing in her three-hour class that I didn't know. There was nothing in the three-hour class that applied to me so hard that I went, I've got it. I know what this is. She told me all of the same advice that everybody else had told me, and there was no actionable solution. There was nothing new in there. She just repeated it. Now, the interesting thing was there was over 100 people in her class, and of the 100 people in her class, like 80 of them were like, like, I've never heard this mind-blowing Right. And then I'm sitting there going, I can't believe I just spent three hours listening to something that had like that had nothing for me. Right. My intuition said I didn't need it. Mm-hmm. My ego said I did. So that's why that's why you went there. My the ego, ego was like, go learn from this person. You think that they're better <laughs> than you. You want them to coach you. You want them to mentor you. Go listen. Got Sit it. at the foot of the stage, right? Like that's right. the ego. The ego is like, this person's better than you. You sh- you have stuff to learn. Yeah. I followed the ego instead of my intuition, which was like, you already know what you're doing. You can stop asking other people, just fucking do it. Just go do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like literally just go do the thing. You know what you're supposed to do. So and align with your ego, intuition. Align with your intuition, Mm -hmm. align with your intuition, do what it tells you to do, despite what everybody else says, Mm -hmm. because nine times out of 10, it's right. And the odd time it's not, there's very little that you can do in your business or your life that you can't come back from. You just make another decision. Yeah. Yeah. This didn't work. Guess we're going to try something else. Just take a detour. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, guess that wasn't, I mean. The amount of events I've run and programs I've created and things I've started that I was so passionate about because I had an idea. And then as I was doing it, I was like, actually, I don't have the same passion that I thought I did. It was a great idea, but it's somebody else's great idea. It's not mine. Not all ideas that come to our mind are meant for us. Right? Mm -hmm. I believe that ideas come to our mind. Sometimes I get great ideas, not for me, but for me to hand to somebody else and say, hey, I was thinking about you today and this thing had popped in my mind. And I know that this relies on something that you do. Maybe you should take this and run with it. It's not always meant for me just because it pops in my head. I'm not that ego driven that I believe that every idea that comes to me is mine. No. Got it. Sometimes Um, it's meant to send out. I I mean, um, I like that idea. You know, Um, sometimes you have got to focus on what your heart says that is meant for you and then leave the rest to, you know, somebody else to take care and of if it. it does, if you start something and you find yourself not passionate about it or not excited about it anymore, yeah. move on. Yes. Life and there's no point short. in continuing. Yes. Yes. Life is too short to keep chasing something you don't really want anymore. Thank you for saying that. That is true. That is true. <laughs> and, like the uh, amount of projects and events and cl- like things that I've done that I was like, well, I committed to it. I'm just going to see it through. And I'm like, oh my God, if I just said, you know what, y'all, this isn't for me no more. I got to go. I, like, let me hand this to somebody who's still really passionate about it. 
the, the benefit of handing, so you can't fake passion. I don't believe that you can fake passion, right? You're either excited about it or you're not. Got it. And I look at my career in events in the first decade of my career, I was super excited. I was super passionate. Every wedding was like the best wedding I'd ever been to. Every idea was the biggest, best idea I'd ever come up with. 10 years in, my brain went, you're done. I don't want to do this no more. I'm bored. Every event's the same event. I could literally cut and paste my wedding timelines almost to the T. I knew what they were going to say. I knew how many people I needed. I knew how long it was going to take to set up, how long it was going to take to tear down. I was seeing the same vendors every weekend, like not for lack of trying, but that's yeah. the industry, right? Like people see a portfolio. They love a wedding. They want to like encapsulate it. So they hire all the same people. So every weekend felt the same. It was like living Groundhog Day every weekend. And I, <laughs> and I literally couldn't do it after a while. Like my passion just waned. And I got to the point where I, I cared more about my paycheck than I cared about doing something new. So, um, so you're saying the books, when you say ghostwriter, the books yeah. that I have on my bookshelf, uh-huh. <laughs> some of them might be, you know, written by you, but totally. it might be under somebody else's name. Okay. They're always written under somebody else's name. So ghostwriters are often paid um, in the publishing industry. It's an advance. <laughs> So just like authors get an advance, ghostwriters often get an advance for writing, meaning that I get paid specifically to write knowing that the book is not going to be in my name. So mm. either a publishing company will come and hire me as a ghostwriter or an author will come and hire me as a ghostwriter. Mm. Either way, I get paid to write your book and not actually be the person whose name's on the cover. So there are many, many books out in this world that have been written by me who will never ever have my name attached to them, right? Um, now, but how do you how do you feel though? How do you feel when when it is great? I got a paycheck. We're good. Like that's part of the trade off, right? The trade off is paycheck, paycheck, and confidentiality for both. Like, not all jobs require us to stand on a on a pedestal in the sunshine. <laughs> and in that particular instance in my career, that's me not like choosing, actively choosing not to stand on the pedestal in the sunshine, to mm. put somebody else forward, so shine the spotlight on them, mm. be really, really proud of the work that I did and know how great it was. Yeah. But let somebody else know. Nobody knows. I, I'm really strict with my confidentiality for my books. It's actually the thing I'm most strict about in my life. Uh, not even my husband knows which books are mine. We have a, we have a crazy bookshelf in our house. He's seen it. And I've told him every single, like, all of the books I've ever written are on that bookshelf. I'm not telling you which ones they are. Wow. So he has seen the bookshelf. He has like looked at all the books. He's made some guesses. And I literally just, my poker face is very strong on this. <laughs> okay. Like there is no, there is no giving it away. So but that is, that is so cool though. You know, you are letting somebody else shine. <clears throat> and yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the job, right? Like it's no different than on television. There's the person in front of the camera and the person behind it, the person behind it's doing a kick-ass job or the person in front of it wouldn't look good. Yeah. Basically, I mean, even, the even in the health, healthcare industry, it's the same, right? The confidentiality. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Yeah. So it's complete confidentiality. Um, it makes it hard sometimes, you know, when a client's like, Hey, I need a ghostwriter. Well, can I see some of your work? No. 
You can't. Oh, wow. Um, I can't show you my work. You can look at my copy work. You can look at a book I've written for myself. You cannot look at my client's work. Um, okay. That That's not something I can do because that would change confidentiality. So I cannot yeah. show you that. So th you can see, co you can see pieces of work I've written. You can't see the actual books. Okay. Okay. So you, you, you will show pieces of your work. Okay. Got yeah. It. I mean, I, I do have a couple books that I've written for myself under my own name um, because I kind of got pressured by a publisher that I was working for to do it. Um, so I did publish a couple books under my own name. You're more than welcome to look at those books. You're Go welcome. Ahead. What, are, what are the names? Ah, no, we're not talking about that anymore. These are old now. These are old school now. You can okay. Google my name, you'll find them. But more often than not now, honestly, most people will look at my copy work. So the websites, the email funnels, et cetera, you get a pretty good sense of my writing style from that um, mm -hmm. to get an idea of whether I might be good at your book or not. Um, although I have to say in the last few years, the ghostwriting world has sort of changed. And a lot more people, even if they hire a ghostwriter, are shouting to the rooftops about their ghostwriters. So mm. it is starting to change. I do have clients now that will actively talk about me as their ghostwriter. So and they will mention, you know, who they're writing for, then the confidentiality is broken, right? So as long as the client breaks confidentiality, it doesn't matter. I can't break confidentiality. <laughs> but it. if the client chooses to say, oh my God, I hired a ghostwriter. She was amazing. That's fine. And I think a lot of it changed when people like David Goggins, you know, you can't hurt me. He used a ghostwriter. And if you actually listen to the audiobook, his ghostwriter is the one asking him questions. So like the ghostwriter is actually actively involved in the process of promoting his book by saying, yes, I wrote this book with you. It took me two years. We talked about a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff's not even in the book. Let's talk about that, mm. right? So the ghostwriter got actively involved and you're starting to see that more and more that because of the work that we do as ghostwriters, we're privy to more information than we ever have to write, right? Like we know the ins and outs, but sometimes when you're writing a story, you call and you're like, this doesn't fit. Like, it's a great story, but it's like, it's not right for what we're writing. So we have to get rid of it, right? Like, that's part of the journey. So now having people say, like, I had a ghostwriter and promote and talk about their ghostwriters, it's pretty fascinating. It's really cool for, for people like me who are ghostwriters to get that kind of um, approach. And I think that the the embarrassment or the shame that used to go along with, like, I hired a ghostwriter is dissipating. I think it's now actually a source of pride for people. I was so excited about getting my book. I acknowledged that I couldn't, I can't really write very well. Yeah. I had a ghostwriter. Like I think a lot of people are actually really proud, especially now that a lot of people realize most of the New York Times bestsellers had ghostwriters. Yeah, because I mean, uh, they might be, they might have another gift and yeah. writing is not their gift and acknowledging that writing is not my gift and I have a ghostwriter. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, so I think, I think it's the perception has shifted. I mean, Two decades ago, yeah, no, nobody yeah. would have told you they had a ghostwriter. They would have played it off like you're crazy if you'd asked. But now I think so many people are more open about the fact that like I wrote parts of it and I used a ghostwriter for parts of it. So how do you connect your, <clears throat> your science with the spirituality? And then I want you to tell me um, <laughs> about your project. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I spent a long time, especially when I worked in events, I spent a long time learning the psychology of sales, right? Like 
to be in any type of industry, let's face it, we're all salespeople, whether we like it or not. Some of us like to acknowledge that we do sales. Other people are like, I don't do sales. If you're the person saying, I don't do sales, you're lying to yourself. We all do sales. Um, even me being here on your podcast, I'm technically doing a sale, right? Because I'm talking about myself and what I do. It's technically a sale, even though I'm trying to educate your audience. Um, it's a form of sales. So I spent a lot of time learning sales psychology. I took a lot of sales training um, with different trainers, some of the best in the world I've worked with in terms of sales trainers. Um, I started doing work around and exploring psychology and like, why do we buy things? But also like, what is human behavior? What do we, what do we like believe? What do we follow? I did work and, and started researching about beliefs and value systems mm. and ethical marketing. And then mm. we take things and we look at the science and there's studies being done all the time. So I'm like a little bit weirdly obsessive about this stuff, but we're always doing studies that talk about, you know, based on how the world is right now, how are people behaving? So like during COVID, Mm-hmm. Right. I was watching the scientific studies that were talking about buying behaviors, purchasing behaviors during COVID mm-hmm. or people's mentalities during COVID. What were they looking for? Right. There was a shift. First, it was fear and people weren't spending money. That happened to begin with. Right. There was like buying necessities, not buying opportunities or inspiration. They didn't know what was going to happen next. Once we hit about a year in, people really started to shift and we're spending a lot of money investing time and energy and learning new skills, developing businesses, creating, like that started to get really popular and money was being spent in that realm. And now as we're starting to come out of COVID, a lot of people are spending, are like looking at the fact that there's going to be a recession, like let's mm-hmm. be real, it, we're already partially in one, there's a recession happening. And what does this mean for my business? Does it mean I'm ever going to go back to corporate work or I'm going to start a freelancing job? Do I need to, do I need to be web savvy? What about web three? Like people are really starting to like look at, excuse me, all of those types of tools. So my job is to know the psychology of what's happening and take a look at the research and then combine it with what I know about spirituality. And what I know about spirituality is that I grew up in a household where uh, being a witch was very well known. Everybody in my family considered themselves a witch. My grandmother read tea leaves. My mother read palms. And I happened to communicate with animals since the time I was little. So uh, while animals don't speak to me, I'm not Dr. Doolittle by any stretch. Um, animals tend to show up to me in the forms of what we would consider like a spirit animal or a totem. And really what it is, is it's a clue to me about what I'm supposed to do next. So for example, if I'm on the beach and there's a seal, I would literally look up spiritual meaning of seals and go, oh, gotcha. That's that's a clue for me of what happens next. Mm. Um, the spiritual version for me, though, is a little bit different. So I've spent the last few years, especially doing a lot of healing work and really kind of tapping into my intuition because spirituality for me is more about intuition than it is about, you know, witchcraft. Uh, like, yes, I use cinnamon for abundance. Yes. I call it, you know, I asked to like get rid of obstacles with salt. I do all of those things, but the real like kicker for me in spirituality is this, it's being able to use the tools of of linguistics, quantum linguistics specifically to Mm -hmm. listen to the thought patterns and the understanding that happens in our unconscious mind. Mm -hmm. And to be able to take that into the spiritual realm, ask my guides and spirits for support. Mm -hmm. And when I work with a client, The best way I can describe it is this. So I always sage my office, actually, well, Palo Santo, my office, but um, I I essentially cleanse my office. I call in any ancestors or guides that are here to assist me. Um, I 
I, you may have seen me use this earlier, it's thieves oil. I rub it on my hands as a way to ground. And I actually asked to connect into what does, in this moment, what do I need to say to this human? What's going to support them most? What do I need to write best today? I call in my inner guidance and my intuition. As we speak, I often see it like a giant whiteboard in my head, right? I, can, I visually in my head see a giant whiteboard when people speak and I can literally scrub and move things around and I see the outcome before I produce it. So I, you know, if I'm writing an email funnel for a client, there's a lot of questions about what's the email funnel for, what's the opportunity, where, do, where how are they getting into this funnel? What do I need to sell them into? So I'm structuring it and moving it around. Then I take the structure that spirit has told me will work. Mm. And I go back to the science to see if the science lines up, right? So if spirit says to me, this needs to be four emails. And I'm like, that's interesting because my marketing would typically say four, to, like six to 10 emails. Spirit's telling me, no, it's four. Mm. I go back into my sales science and go, okay, if I was only to send four emails, what do I need to do to write that in a way that can connect and, and still manage to make the sale? So it's a mixing and blending of both that actually creates it. Sometimes I trust, like if I had to choose, I will always trust the spiritual versus the science. If I had to choose, I trust the spiritual versus the science because the it's spiritual- going with your intuition. 100% it's the intuition. I love the science to back it up. But there are times when a client has asked me, why'd you do it this way? And my answer is because spirit told me that's what needed to be done. That's the only answer I have. Spirit yeah. told me that this is what I was supposed to write for you. That's what I wrote for you. Hmm, that is beautiful. <clears throat> but you are, it's like, a, you are like a cook, but you are like mixing in the right proportion of, you know, the spices in your situation. It's the science and, the, and your intuition and for the sales marketing purpose and whatever the client is saying, keeping that in mind. <clears throat> Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, words have energy, right? Like the simplest, yes. like we know that words resonate at certain vibrational frequency. Anybody who's done it, any research on word energy knows that if you have a plant and you speak ill will to it, the plant's going to fucking die. And if you have a plant and you speak nice gratitude to it, the plant's going to thrive. Words have that kind of positivity. So what I do is also you can simply muscle test things like, does this apply? Like, is this a good word? Yes or no. Like, will this resonate with clients? Yes or no. You can muscle test it to figure out if you're on the right track or not. And oftentimes I do, I I'll check the energy of the words that I'm using because mm. spirit has told me what needs to happen. They don't necessarily give me the word. I'm still expected to come up with the word, right? Spirit's like, yeah, yeah. I helped you. I told you four emails, go figure it out. But I'm still the one who has to come up with the word. But the easiest way for me to know if the energy is correct is literally to test it. Test the energy. Is this the right word? No? Okay. Hold on. Let me go. And I'm human. So I have thesauruses and I use dictionaries. And sometimes I'll Google, like go down the, go down the garden hole of like, I mean, I need it to say this. Is there a, is there a cliche or some other word or phrase that explains this concept? I mean, I do all of the regular copywriting stuff. Mm. The difference is that spirit told me what to do. Science backs it up. Mm -hmm. And then I'm left to the device of being my smart little copywriter self to like put it all together. <clears throat> that is beautiful. So, um, so you're a professional ghostwriter and uh, tell me about your uh, quantum copy method 
And, um, you know, who do you work with? Like, do you work just with coaches? Do you work just with people who want to write a book or? No, 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 no. So, I mean, for, for copywriting purposes, my clientele typically are rebels, misfits, and world-changing humans. You tell me if you feel like you fit into that category. So I've worked with um, health and wellness brands. I've worked with travel companies. I've worked with event and wedding planners and decor companies and photographers. And the majority of my people who come to me are coaches. I specifically run a free program called Copy for Coaches. It could just be copy for anyone, really. But I call it Copy for Coaches because I do speak into the coaching industry a little bit more when I'm teaching it, typically to talk about specifically the way coaches have their language, which is a language that we like, right? What was the presenting problem? I think this person needs a breakthrough. Like we say shit like that in coaching that the client's like, what? What are you talking about? Like, I don't understand. So I tease the coaches a little bit about the language that we use in coaching because your students don't understand it. Your clients don't get it. They're like presenting problem. What? Yeah. Tell, tell me tell me in the language that I can understand, correct? Right, right. So like, hey, have you ever faced this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. I've done that. Okay. Like, yeah. So a lot of it is breaking down that. So Copy for Coaches is a free program that I run for coaches. I only do it two or three times a year. It's really random. It's based on when there's free time in my calendar, completely okay. honestly. So I have one coming up in October. Okay. Um, people just register on my website. It's free. It's three hours live on Zoom and I give away everything. I literally so what ask is, What is your website? Oh, so wordmagiccopywriting.com. And the anytime there's a wait list open, like the class is coming up, it's on the top banner of the website. It'll say there's one coming up, sign up for it. Three hours live on Zoom. And I literally speak to the humans in the room. So if you're in the room, I encourage questions and I honestly answer your questions with the information that I know. We talk science, we talk spirituality, we work through pieces of copy together so that you walk away going, oh, I know how to do that now. Okay. I can, I can literally create copy. Um, and then quantum copy method, since you asked about that quantum copy method is the way that I blend science and spirituality. I teach the very basics in copy for coaches and a program I run called content curators, which is my monthly membership program. Okay. Um, so if you're kind of like free or small investment, you want to learn, start with copy for coaches, which is the free class move into content curators, which is the monthly paid class, and you'll learn how to do it yourself. That's, that's my like DIY version, right? The folks so who want to work- You teach them, you teach them how to write the copy in the content curators. Yes. Yeah, so content curators, everybody that's in the group has the opportunity to give me pieces of copy to work on. And we actually workshop it together on a Zoom call once a month to actually help you see how I would do it, how what I would change, how we create together. So we do it live. Um, then if you want to work one-on-one with me, I, that's called my quantum copy method. So that's the that's the process that I employ when I write copy. So if you're calling me up and saying, Crystal, I need a website or I need an email funny or funny funnel, um, the, that's the way that I write is a quantum copy method. So that's my one-on-one. I write the copy for you. You just have to make it look pretty on your website or your email funnel. So that's that. 
Um, and then there's a VIP version of that, which is kind of a combo. So it's when I bring somebody, you either come here to the island and spend time with me on Vancouver Island, or I go to you, or we can do it virtually. Um, and we spend the day together working through all of your copy. We do your website, your email funnels, and we start talking about your social media or a book that you're producing. But we really work on the full year's version of copy so that you're very, very clear for the next year what you need to do. And how you're going to get there. And I teach you quantum copy methods. So we combine a bunch of spirituality. I give you a bunch of spiritual tools. I do a little coaching. So in coaching, we talk about what's the presenting problem and what's the real problem. We figure out what the real problem is, why you can't write this copy. And we help you get rid of it. And then we build the copy together so that you walk away feeling light for the next year. I know what I'm doing. I'm good. I've got this. So that's uh, the VIP coaching. And then beyond that, there's ghostwriting and book coaching. So clients who want to write a book can come to me for ghostwriting. Um, to be honest with you, I don't do a ton of this anymore. Um, if I do, it's usually for a publishing company. It's expensive to hire a ghostwriter if they're any good. So it's not something for most people, but if you're looking to do it, it is something I do offer. And then book coaching is something I do often, which is really working with clients. Uh, we do it weekly for three months to help you write your book. So weekly you get feedback, guidance, support, and coaching from me on how to write your book. And at the end of the three months, your book should be ready to go to an editor and for layout and a book cover and for you to get it published. Mm. Easy peasy. All the you good make stuff. it sound so easy. <laughs> uh, it can be, it really can be. I mean, I think there's so many people that can't write or say they can't write or don't know how to write. Um, when the truth is it's a skill like any other and you can master it and I can show you tips and tricks and tools to make it easier. Um, but you have to commit to wanting some mastery. And if you don't want to master it, that's why like one-on-one -on -one writing, like copywriting, that's why like copywriters like me exist. I can just write it for you. Or that's why ghostwriters exist. We can just write it for you. You can take it out into the world, use it as you want to use it. Um, and nobody's the wiser, you know, most people don't ask on a website, did you use a copywriter? They're usually just like, cool copy, moving on. Yes, yes. Well, thank you so much. Oh my God, we covered so much and I appreciate your your time. Um, so if people want to reach out to you, it's wordmagiccopywriting.com? Yes, yeah, so it's super long, but wordmagiccopywriting.com is the website. Or feel free to find me on Instagram or Facebook, add me as a friend, send me a DM. Um, I'm more than happy to sit down. I do uh, complimentary calls with anybody that's considering using a copywriter um, for anything. So if you, if you want a complimentary call, I usually start diving into your strategy and looking at the challenges and all that good stuff. So it's a good chance to kind of get your feet wet, so to speak, and figure out what the problem might be and we talk about what the solution is as well. So if they're interested in that, by all means, go to the website, book a call, and uh, we can go from there. And Instagram, it's still Word Magic Copywriting? Mm-hmm. Okay. Instagram is Word Magic Copywriting. You'll find me You'll find me pretty much there in every channel. And and Facebook as well. So yep, it's the Facebook same. as well. Yeah, okay. absolutely. On Facebook, feel free to add me as a friend too. Send me a message. I love to meet new people and to find out what exactly you're struggling with with copy and see if I can help you out. Thank you so much, Crystal. I appreciate so your welcome. time. I had, I enjoyed so much. I learned so much. 
you know, <laughs> about the copywriting as well. Um, and I wish you all the very best for your oh, upcoming you. projects. Thank and I um, appreciate your time again. And to the listeners, uh, thank you so much for listening. And um, check out Crystal's wordmagiccopywriting.com on her website or on Instagram and Facebook. It's wordmagiccopywriting. And I put all that under the notes so you can check that out as well. And as always, I want to let you go saying live each day aligned with your purpose. And like Crystal says, follow your intuition. It's always right. It is. Are you looking for ways to improve your health, age gracefully, relieve that back pain that you feel when you get up in the morning, or you feel like you want to move better when you get up from the chair without any aches and challenges? I'm offering a three months, which is 90 days, transformational experiential program that involves yoga, sound healing and meditation if you are interested you can reach out to me via email enlightenembodyempower at gmail.com